Listener Production. Mm-mm. Bacon smells nice. Bacon. So does all day breakfast with Matt and Alex. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things in our homes. Uh, because yeah, yesterday, uh, Premier Daniel Andrews of Victoria announcing lockdown six, joining the rest of the eastern seaboard in home isolation for reasons to leave. We know the drill, Matt O'Kine. How are you feeling about it all? Um, if you want to stick to the same 90s songs um, parodies, <laughs> I'd go with things that make you go, <laughs> Things that make you go, Ugh. Yeah, it's certainly right. Um, it has been such a wild ride for so many people over the country. I mean, we've got a Friday show here, Matt and I and you hanging out together. And um, we thought, let's just talk about it. Like, so many lockdowns, so many people there. How you going? What's it meant for you? I mean... You're locked down, you're so penned up, you've got so many feelings and there's no one to say them to a lot of the time. So we're just going to have a chat about lockdowns in a moment. Yeah, we've also got a very special guest uh, who I dare say is responsible for uh, the success of one of Australia's newfound favourites on the track and field. His name is Peter Boll and we're going to be chatting to uh, the person that inspired him to take it seriously and oh. turn athletics into his new profession. Yeah, he's one of his former teachers, Helen Lay, is going to be on the phone. And, I mean, if I was in Helen's position, Matt, I'd be taking credit. Yeah, I'd, I'd be taking all of his out, his uh, his yeah. track suits, all of the merch from the Olympics. It's the It'd same be if mine. We, we were friends in high school and I discovered your little emergency $5 phone card. I'd be taking credit. That's what I'd be doing <laughs> with that phone card. And with Peter Boll, it's been a big Olympics. Australia winning another two gold yesterday. Um, so, so good. So uh, we'll get into all of it here today on this little Friday edition of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yes, as the critics said after the premiere screening of The Nutty Professor to The Clumps, Hey, I remember Nutty Professor 1, though, and I loved it. Oh, it would have been pretty good. Eddie Murphy is good. He's- Dave Chappelle, when he does the stand-up routine at the back and, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy comes up and roasts him. Oh, man, that was so good. But, yeah, look, there's plenty of time to watch Nutty Professor 1, 2 and 34 <laughs> when uh, you're in lockdown. I'll tell you that much. And it is another lockdown, this time in Melbourne. There's a case that popped up uh, in Tasmania as well. Queensland, of course, sort of looking on track for their lockdown mm. to end this Sunday, but there's always uncertainty around that. And Sydney... Well, there's no end in sight. <laughs> no. South Australia just did a recent seven days. The Northern Territory had its first little snap for a while. WA's got a ship off the coast with a few cases. I mean, it's it's all pretty tense stuff. Vaccines, people are trying to get to get as get them as quickly as possible, uh, which is fantastic. But the confusion doesn't help anybody. You got essential workers, you got a whole bunch of things, and everyone has their own story in amongst it. You'd have your own, you know, whatever you're feeling right now is the correct feeling to have. There's no correct response to be going through all these. So we just thought we'd um, have a little chat about 
How it's all going? How is everyone uh, travelling in this uh, really, really tough lockdown time? Matt O'Kine, you got a story for us? What's what's the O'Kine lockdown story going two months well, into, I mean, the, you know, coming up on two months into this Sydney lockdown? I love being able to spend so much time with my daughter, Sophia. That's been one of the highlights. Feeling like a family unit, you know, within this mm-hmm. these four walls that you're so constantly uh, inside of. It, it, it can be really nice at times. Um, what sucks is just not being able to do something without worrying about what it's mm, going to cost you, yeah. the mental toll, the safety toll. Like I, I remember reading this tweet and it really, it struck such a chord with me because this tweet said, it was in the vein of, of course you're not performing at your peak. You're restricted in movement. Mm. Your decisions are all restricted. You are consistently, constantly worrying about your safety. Mm. You know, this is essentially a life and death situation in so many ways. You don't know what it's gonna, what's going to happen in the future. Well, of course you're not feeling good, you yeah. know, and it's like, oh, of course. That anxiety is always going to be there. You're stuck in your house. You want, you want that connection. You want that communication. So what you do is you go online into social media <laughs> and... <laughs> And then you get there and it's like walking into a party where everything's on fire. <laughs> there's bar, it's like a saloon and there's a bar fight going on because there's people taking photos with a long lens of people at the beach and just like, oh, what lockdown? Here's Bondi during this. And people are like, people are out there side, they're social distancing. That's a, you know, a photo that's that. People's like, well, they should be also. We've done it better. It's like, stop comparing. And it's just like, <laughs> you can't help but get in your head. Like everyone. The, the state versus quiet, state thing state versus is state. killing me. It's, I'm like, I don't want uh, enough. <laughs> I don't want to compare. I'm sick of it. All right. Everyone is, do, is experiencing these things differently. I'm going to mm. say three things though. Mm. I'm going to say these things. The positive to come out of it, going to pick up Sophia from daycare, no traffic. Great. There's so a little good. positive. So no, tra- I just cruise out and I'm like straight up. I'm talking main roads at normally 5.30 that are clogged like a person with a cold nose, right? And I, I'm there in five minutes. Brilliant. Okay, second thing. No gym and I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> now, I often don't go to the gym, but I feel guilty about it. Sure. Now... I don't, can't, so I don't care at all. Yeah. It's great. And I'm not even paying for it. So that is brilliant. Mm. Um, and the third thing, I did it just uh, yesterday. I was like, my weekly wash for all my clothes. Yep. Now a fortnightly wash. <laughs> oh, wow. Because a lot of them are getting the the, the, the double up. Going the Almost distance. every outfit's getting a couple of uh, couple of rewears and I don't mind. I'm like, yeah, Not bad. Yeah, there's, there's some good positives in there. I mean, brought up gyms. Like my sister works at a gym and it's just been <laughs> diabolical because you're locked down, can't do. They stand people down because the way it's working now, it's people who are unemployed who have, or who have lost hours as a result of these lockdowns have to go themselves rather than paying businesses to keep them open, which happened, and I'm, you know, just talking through Comedy Republic here. We've got staff. We had job keeper. Now that that's not there, it's like, sorry, team, stood down for another seven days at least. Yeah. You have to then go and say you've lost these hours and try and get the help that way. And it's, it's great. We, it's amazing we live in a country that does p- able to provide help, whether it's easy to get to or not. There is some there, so so that's really good. But it is pretty, it's pretty disheartening, you know, running a new business 
for 18 months and we've we've never been able to go at full capacity ever. And it's tough enough to run an arts business at full tilt. You know, you try and... Yeah, you yeah try when and things are going good. Run a small independent <laughs> theatre in 2019 was also tough. So we try to do it. In these situations is is particularly tricky, but you're right, Matt. There are there are things, good things to look forward to. There are things that can be seriously um, tough on your health, and yeah, it's encouraged. It's good to be able to talk about them all. So we did throw that throw it out to you. What's been going on this lockdown? What is your story? Because there are people who have it, you know, much worse than us. You know, there are people who pass away from these things. So this is serious stuff. And we did ask you what's um what's been going on in your world, and we've got some really uh, really nice texts, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, Harbich Dark said, uh, moved from Perth to Melbourne in February 2020. Haven't been able to see my family since. That sucks. Full-blown year and a half. 18 months because it's, man, with things getting shut down so quick. And it's like, it's not only in February 2020, they said, you won't be able to see your family for 18 months. What's probably happened there is you've booked a flight it's yeah, gotten cancelled. It. <laughs> you know, every time I book over. a flight, that's been delayed to this point, and then that gets cancelled, and then you've got to call the thing, and they won't read the fund the money. You got credits, but the next flight is more expensive, and then there's like, it's not just I don't get to see my family for eighteen months. There's a lot of turmoil that happens in that. So shout out to you, Harbich Dark. Uh, Katie said, "I have a neighbour who every day around eleven a.m. Sydney Presser time is playing the violin for an hour." It honestly feels like I'm going down with the Titanic. <laughs> I'm Katie. I'm so sorry. Why do I have to sync up their their violin practice with Gladys? Please. Oh, bringing out the numbers, and then suddenly you've got the fiddle happening next door. That would be rough, Katie. Um, Jennifer says, I have an 18-month-old that my best friend hasn't seen since her the, his first birthday. So yeah, there's a lot of babies. I mean, I've got family. Who are uh, the you know the whole family's overseas? Nobody has seen the new baby, and the baby's walking and talking now. Yeah, you know? and no one's no one from the whole family has met the baby. Got to cherish um, those for the young mums. moments. So it's pretty full on, and the dad. So yeah, it's uh, it's always a bit of a shame. Hey, Annie is uh, on the phone as well. Annie, you're in one of the strictest lockdown areas of Liverpool in Sydney. What's it been like for you? Oh, it's it's been rough. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, so I think it's week six now. It kind of lost count already, but I, I literally haven't really left my house in that many weeks. And how's it affected your work, your daily life? What are, what are you stuck doing now that you potentially wouldn't have to be doing um, in the outside world if it ha- this hadn't happened, Annie? I've been working from home ever since lockdown 1.0, so <laughs> I wouldn't say that <laughs> affected Whoa. me too much. Like initially, it started as a two-day trial, but it's ex- <laughs> since then a year and a half like two-day trial. <laughs> I tell you what, <clears throat> that was my me signing up to bloody uh, Apple Music at the back. I thought, yeah, I'll try this for a free trial for a week. Eighteen months later, I was like, what? This is taking a financial toll. Um, but, <laughs> what but, about like what about your everyday things like getting a coffee? Say, yeah, definitely has affected me because I love to dine out. I love to go to new cafes, restaurants, bars, and just being at home, especially with none of those near me, it has affected me in that respect. Absolutely. Sometimes the cafes don't even offer delivery, so 
I can't really support them in that way. Well, look, uh, it sounds like, you know, that certainly has its ups and downs, but you're getting through every single day. So thank you very much, Annie. Thanks, Annie. Um, and Amber has uh, got a bit of a different perspective. Oh, we chatted to Amber just the other day. Amber, you're pregnant in lockdown. How's that been? Um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting experience to say the least. Um, last week when I chatted with you guys, I was having a really good week. Um, and then this week when they announced our lockdown on the Sunshine Coast um, and Noosa region of Queensland, it just it sent me into a, a really bad and really quick downward spiral. It was sort of an, an overnight transition of emotions mm. and feelings. Like um, I'm not working at the moment either, which doesn't help because I don't have that distraction. So I rely on what I can do out of the house during the week to get me through and things to look forward to. And when it was just a three-day lockdown, I was like, okay, that's not too bad. But when it got extended out to a week, that's when, yeah, I just, I took a real bad turn and Mm. um, I was hospitalized the other day, not for anything mental health related. That was just dehydration because I, I just wasn't coping with eating or drinking, but Um, I ended up going to my doctor yesterday and talking about how I'd become so emotional and upset all of a sudden over all this. And she's got me working on a mental health plan and getting me referred to a um, postnatal and prenatal sort of um, support group at the, one of the hospitals up here. So um, oh, that, that's really great to hear, um, Amber. And it's crossing out a couple of things that um, we looked up uh, on the website. The Black Dog Institute has some great advice when you're not coping. Getting professional help when you need it is one of them. So you've done that, Amber. That's incredible. Making a self-care plan is one. Draft a plan of action. Enlist a supportive person to help you stick to it is another. And doing activities to help reduce anxiety and stuff because part of every single lockdown, they do give you that outside time to uh, exercise, to get a you know get out in the world, get a bit of fresh air. Have you been able to do a little bit of that on the coast as well? Um, a little bit. So where I live, I'm a bit more regional, and um, I travel into Noosa, which is about 20 kilometres from where I live. Mm-hmm. And so I go for walks there in the national park and on the beach and along the river. Whereas in my small regional town, we don't really have walks that are that mm. nice and enjoyable. So I sort of felt really trapped all of a sudden and. I'm new to the area. I don't really know anyone here and I didn't I don't really know the local area that well. So I've had to do a bit of research and my partner helped me with that and finding the other places to go that were still nice and and could help distract me from like the other feelings that I was yeah. having and get me out and about. And, and I'm I'm glad that we picked up on everything early. For sure, and being yeah, pregnant absolutely. as well it certainly means you can't exert yourself too much in the exercise realm. So you are, you know, uh, hamstrung in that in that sense. But it sounds like you've got a, you know, you've got some support around you. You've been brave enough to go out and uh, ask for some more help when it comes to those things. So we sending you our absolute best, Amber. It's so nice to chat to you here on the uh, on the all day breakfast podcast. And uh, yeah, yeah hope guys. hope it all goes well <laughs> on the sunny coast. Yeah, no, fingers crossed for Sunday. Yeah, you're in a good position by the sounds of things, so that's awesome. Well, look, however you're dealing with this lockdown, we hope you are doing well. If you are struggling, there are always resources you can turn to. Uh, Lifeline is on 13 11 14, or you can head to beyondblue.org.au or blackdoginstitute.org.au. Yeah, and it's okay to be not okay. This sucks. And so uh, we'll be able to get through it. Yeah, but, 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 hey, hey. 
least you only have to wash your clothes every two weeks. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, save on detergent. <laughs> Everything's coming up, rat dog. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, I have to give it to Channel 7 for a really impressive Olympics coverage that I've enjoyed so far. It's been pretty good. Pretty good. Seeing a lot of golds coming through. I like the 7 Plus app, okay? Mm. Um, I like being able to watch anything I want. It's almost too good. <laughs> sure. Do you know what I mean? It's like I I feel like <laughs> I... Spoiled for choice. Yeah. It's like pre-internet, all you had was SBS on a Friday night. You know, now there's websites where you can pick anything, any kind of yeah. nudity you want. It's there, it's there for you. It's like I know exactly what you mean. That. I feel like a hacker in a 1990s <laughs> movie that is in front of seven different screens, you yeah. know, and has to yeah. hack into the mainframe just to get the results. Mm. What I do like is that I haven't seen personally, and, and I could be wrong because I'm sure that there is lots of it going on, but I haven't seen too much promotion of... Uh, sports betting. Yeah, it's rife these days. There's a lot out there now. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, we've been pretty firm on this because neither of us are gamblers. You know, it can ruin lives, you know, as well as it can be fun. There's there's a dark side to it. We have tried to steer clear of it. But um, two men can only look the other way for so long, Matt O'Kine. Occasionally a, a betting company comes along that sort of uh, <laughs> you, you, you cannot say no to. Well, that's it. I just don't like it when it's about sport, you know. I don't mm. appreciate the sport tarnishing what should just be good, fair, even competition, you know, between people on a court or in a field or on a track or in the air or in a pool. No, but betting is here and it's here to stay and that's why Matt and I are pleased to announce a brand new sponsor um, for the Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast Show, Crumb Punts. So let's cross to Crumb Punts now for the odds for this weekend. Hey, Ricky Punting here, and welcome to Crumb Punts for another weekend, huge weekend of risking our hard-earned for some temporary dopamine. So let's take a look at the markets right now. And with Jesus Christ on the wane as a Lord and Saviour, punters are wondering who will be the next godlike figure that this meek human race will look to for guidance in these uncertain times. Uh, the red-hot favourite is Peter Boll at $2. His incredible run in the 800 metres has got him a cult following of superfans or politicians leading bookies to believe Super Bowl is the frontliner for godlike status. Next up is Ellie Carpenter from the Matildas at $2.50. The dynamic fullback has been a miracle down back for the beautiful game and she shares a name with Jesus's profession which is surely not doing her tilt at saviour of men any harm at all. Uh, punters are also red hot on swimmer Emma McKeon at $3.15. Some wise Japanese men inundated her with gold and bronze in Tokyo. Add a little bit of myrrh into that and we could be seeing our next lord and saviour being able to swim a mean butterfly. And finally, a roughie for those who like to pay money for nothing, just like the church collection plate. Barnaby Joyce comes in at 1,001 to 1 to be our next religious figure. It looked as if he'd had too much communion wine before question time this week, and that's really set him back in the race to be the next Holy Ghost, with punters thinking he's only qualified now to be the Deputy Prime Minister of the entire country. And that's all from Crumb Punts for now, where you bet crumbs and win loaves. Remember, gamble responsibly. Order up. 
think it's perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt, like many Australians, I was up pretty late the other night watching uh, one of our new superstars of the track, Peter Boll, absolutely run his heart out in the 800-metre final against some of the best athletes the world has to offer. Coming in fourth, an incredible effort after uh, not making it uh, in the Rio Games as a youngster. But like many Australian athletes on the track and field, Peter had humble beginnings when it came to uh, being very, very good at his sport, and we're pretty stoked to be having uh, someone who was there. And I would say, I would say the birth of this of this superstar of the track, the genesis. Yeah, I mean, the person who who self claimed responsible for the rise and fame of Peter Ball. Let's chat to uh, a teacher at one of his schools. Goes by the name of Helen Lay, uh, and she's here with us now to chat about Peter Ball's. Rise to uh, 800 meters stardom. Hello, Helen. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, so good today, Helen. I mean, it's been a thrilling Olympics. A lot of the country is stuck in lockdown. There's not much to look to, but there's been some people out there, some Australian athletes, giving us something to cheer for, something to inspire, aspire to. But uh, someone who we've maybe become familiar with more recently, you actually knew quite a while ago. Can you tell us how you met Mr. Peter Boll? <laughs> Mr. Peter Boll. Well, he was only 15 at the time, and. Uh, I uh, needed some runners for the athletics carnival and um, and one of the other students said to me, Miss, Peter can run and I didn't know. I didn't know Peter at this point and uh, I said, okay, go grab him. So he came back with Peter and I said, Peter, can you run the 400 metres for me? Oh, sight unseen, Helen. That's brave. <laughs> Just Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he said, how far is that? And I said, well, that's. That's once around the track. And he went, yes, Miss, I can do that. And I went, okay, thanks. And off he went. <laughs> and uh, beautiful, just beautiful runner. And I thought, wow, we're onto something here. This is great. You know, at that time, thinking about winning the carnival, of course. Yeah, well, how was your house poised? Because there's a lot of rivalry between school houses. You must, were you feeling a bit of pressure? Were you at the bottom of the tier? Or were you used to uh, um, keeping up appearances and being at the top of the school uh, table? We were doing well and he just helped matters and we did win. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, so let's, let's get to the, to the um, you know, the basics here. What what colour is the house? Blue. Blue house. And what was the name of it? Because I was I was an Oxley man at primary <laughs> right. uh, in primary school, and it was blue as well. What was the What was um, yours? Well, our name, a French name, Pre Montre, and we were penguins. <laughs> Montre blue penguins. <laughs> All blue right, penguins. Peter Bowl, just the the emperor <laughs> of the penguins, if you don't mind, waddling yep. around the track. Could do a little better than up. that. But um, that's that's quite incredible. So 400 metres, you ticked that off in the school and I thought yeah. I think you thought you were onto a good thing there, Helen. Well, I did and then I, I, I got him to run the 800 as well and then uh, got him into cross countries and he just kept running and at that point he, he was um, on a basketball scholarship and he's a great basketballer. So at that point he was just into his basketball and wasn't really interested. So it was really the following year when again he was just so good and and I said to my my father who uh, Brian Moore um, who passed away in 2015 I said to him look dad this this boy is really good runner is something special you know and um, dad said well you know does he want to re- run does you know do does someone need mm. to help him so had the chat with Peter and and said look you know do you want to do athletics. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, do you want to compete and, and you know, ha- have a club and, and train? And 
he said, can I do it as a sport? And, and I said, <laughs> well, I guess you yes. don't see athletics on the TV in Australia's on Friday nights. You know, yeah. Friday night, Friday night five hundies or something isn't as much of a thing as Friday night footy is. No. So um, that's it. I think he was just, you know, it was just basketball mad. You know, so it was. And I said, yeah, it's a, it's a sport. And I said, if you want to do it, my father and I will help you. And he went, oh, okay, I can I can run for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And I tell it you is what, the, incredible. And the boomers could have used him yesterday as well. Old Peter Bowl <laughs> yeah, could have been exactly. run out against uh, the, the best basketballers in the world yesterday. Yeah. Could have done with uh, his help there. Yeah, and so, true, true. Helen, when he left school, was that kind of the last that you stayed in touch with him until, you know, the other night when you got to flick on the TV and see him attempting to be the first Aussie uh, male in 50 years to win a gold at the Olympics? Not, not at all. We've been part of the journey with him. My, my father um, mentored him, and um, we got him started in a in a club and got him his first spikes and uniform and and travel expenses, etc. And my dad became a a real mentor for him. And they would meet. They would meet for coffee and and talk times and other runners. And and yeah, dad had a big file of uh, of all his times. And my family. We we've, we've continued the relationship with Pete. We we had dinner a month ago before he went away, and and he was just so psyched for the Olympics. But but so calm. He was what are just you really calm? You got a you got an athlete coming around for dinner. Helen, what do you yeah. what do you put on the table? You can't be serving up these small portions for someone who's burning off the carbs that quickly. Do you know you're the only one to ask me that? And Great. You know, I, I panicked at the time. I thought, what am I going to make? So we went out. We went, we went out. <laughs> oh, just, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> going to say. I didn't know what um, to do. I didn't know what to do. Look, safe bet. That's that's. I reckon that's yeah. fair, Helen. That's totally exactly. fair. So, Helen, uh, tell us where you were. How did you watch the final on? Uh, uh, the other night on Wednesday night, I just uh, watched it with my immediate family, my husband and my son. Actually, fell asleep, so he didn't make it. But uh, <laughs> oh, it was a late know, night. It was terrible. We, well, we tried to wake him up and couldn't. And <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, because like it's really mixed emotions for, for for me for us because with you know, Dad was such a, a huge part of of it all of of the journey, and for Dad not to be here. Um, I don't know if you mm. read in the West Australian where Peter made that comment that you know he's he's running with me every time, run every step of the way, and and that's how we feel. It's very emotional. So I just wanted uh, I just wanted the intimacy of that. I didn't want lots of people to be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your dad was watching it? Definitely, I agree with Pete. Dad's been running with him. He's with him. He's definitely. Definitely a part of all this for sure. Well, his training and everything's putting it. You'd be able to see it almost on the on the uh, the track as Peter ran around, did an incredible time, breaking Australian yeah. records. All three yeah. Olympics are coming there, and one of my favourite parts of not only Peter's story but the, the entire Olympics is watching the family um, yeah. see the people that Boston. they love. Just try mm. their best and do everybody proud. And it must uh, give you a lot of pride to see Peter's family all cheering around one of the, the rowdiest family <laughs> crowds I've seen of these whole <laughs> games. And it must be so special, particularly given yeah. the story of being a Sudanese refugee from those times, coming, calling Australia home and then representing the country. Oh, it must just make you feel so special. It's it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And it it, it does. I mean, I've got a huge smile on my face thinking about the, the images of them now, you know, like, his family is so important to him and, uh, you know, it was a really big deal for him when, when he left Perth to, to go to live in Melbourne and train 
with Joseph Deng and, and Justin Rinaldi, you know, that was, that was a big thing for him. And it's really come off in terms of his, his running, but um, yeah, you know, in terms of his support network and uh, yeah, the whole, whole Sudanese community of Australia, I think uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going for him last night. Yeah. Oh, well, it's such a great story and it was so great to see. And uh, we're very thankful to you, Helen, as well, for uh, giving <laughs> Pete the, the nudge to get into a, an event and to a sport that yeah. he clearly is doing incredibly well at. We can't wait for 2024. Have you spoken to him since it happened? I haven't. I um, Hubby and I, Mark and I, sent him a video message to just say so proud, so proud of you. And he said... That's one thing I know for sure with, with a little oh, love That's so, so lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's well, great. thank you well, so much, yeah. Helen Lay, <laughs> yeah. for chatting to us today, uh, former head of house at St Norbert College in Perth. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Keep up the good work and, uh, yeah, hopefully talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks, guys. Well, Alex Dyson, it's a Friday, and as we like to do, we delve into the CRISPR. Check out what's in the back of the fridge to see all the messages, the stories, the phone calls, the audio um, messages that we missed throughout the week that we weren't able to uh, chat about. That's right, and um, we've delved in and found a couple of messages here. The first one involves our incredible audio producer, Mr. Chris Marshy Marsh. Uh, It comes from Pete, who says, Marshy, can you tell me where all the sound clips from the Insiders segment are pulled from? The juicy one bugs me every week. I know the line is juicy part, not real juicy, but I can't re- for the life of me recall which show or music movie it's from. Put me out of my misery. Chris Marsh, hello to you. Hello, guys. Happy Friday. And to you. Let's have a listen to this incredible opener you gave for the Insiders segment. Keeping juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders. So there's the segment opener we know and love. How long does it take you to put something like that together, Marshy? Uh... (laughs) Hours and hours, of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give away all my secrets about how I find those little grabs and how I do it. I won't give away those secrets, but um, I thought we could play a little game where we go through each one individually and see if you guys can guess them. All right. Um, Matt, here's the first one. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? No idea. Is that like Clueless or something? Or something? Yeah. yeah, no. That one's not famous, so you won't actually get that one. Okay. Oh, well, thanks for the setup, mate. <laughs> That's from an ABC family show called Stitches from 2015. It's from season two, episode five. The show is about a young woman who's recruited into a secret government agency to be stitched into the minds of the recently deceased using oh. their memories to investigate murders. Oh, God. All right, well... Sounds um, interesting, but I wonder why we've never heard of it. Anyway, no, that's, that's where good. are you keeping juicy goss from me? Maybe she's asking the brains when she's inside them that. What about this one? Do you know what's going on here? That one is a famous movie. You know what's is going that on well is that well-known here? family movie and b- said by one of the main characters. Hang on. Do you know what's going on here? Is it like Beethoven? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, who, who is that? Is that Jim... It's not Jim Carrey. Is it Ryan, Go- uh, Ryan Reynolds? Right. In that area, no, not Jim Carrey, one of his contemporaries. Something comes to life in these movies. Do you know what's going on here? Oh my god! Flubber, the movie me. Flubber. 
<laughs> Close. Robin Williams is in it. Uh, Night at the Museum. That's Ben Stiller. Oh, okay. Oh, ben Stiller ben in that Stiller, one. Yep. Okay. Next running around the museum doesn't know what's going on. Spontaneous quiz. We know what's going on. You won't get that one. No. Nah, what is it? That's from Firestarter, a 1984 <laughs> Stephen King movie. Oh, Stephen King book. One of yeah. my. This is a good one. I like. Drew right. Barrymore is in the movie, but what yes, a, that one. This about, one you should get. You won't believe it. That's Marge. Yes. Marge Simpson, yep. Season 26, episode 3, Super Franchise Me. Uh, the one that and Pete, here we are. The one that Pete was interested Pete the in. the posty. This one, it is... Real juicy. It is from a famous movie. Dirty Harry. Is it like um, Jack Nicholson from The Departed or something? No. It is a Tarantino film. I'll give you that. Oh, um, is it the... Is it Pulp Fiction? No. Is it Bill from Kill Reservoir Bill? Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Oh, okay. It is Reservoir Dogs. Who is in it? Is it Harvey Keitel or something? No, it's just one of the unknown characters. All right. And uh, this oh, final one. And the final one. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? I mean, it sounds like Jack Black. Yeah. Is it uh, School of Rock? Yeah. School yes. of Rock. Oh, there you go. Alex There Dyson. we go. Oh, very nice. Well, thank right. you very much for that, Marshall. So there you go, Pete the Posty. Reservoir Dogs. Go and watch it and find the two-second grab I used in. <laughs> well, the, the one I heard of the other day was um, in one of our openers. Someone says, you'll eat until you explode. And I was watching Futurama the other day, and it was like gra- the grandma said that, and I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> breakfast. Anyway, so good stuff, Marge. You get with the good work, man. Thanks, guys. Hey, uh, let's look at a few more leftovers that have been in our inbox. Um, Amber, who we actually spoke to earlier, had a, said another, um, sent us another message with regards to email blunders. Uh, she said, uh, one time in year eight, I emailed a guy I liked with my feelings for him and it was super emotional. Turns out he didn't have his own email address and was using his dad's email address to do MSN. Oh, no. <laughs> so his dad got the really intense email from me, 14-year-old me. Oh, Very embarrassing. That's right. Uh, rough. Haley got in touch and said, I'm a yoga teacher and practitioner and you need to get a yoga insider on after that in Pilates Insider. Not me, but someone. Look, someone coming to the defence of yoga instructors by the sound of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, someone else texted in with regards to my Bluey purchase um, and said someone's selling a Bluey vinyl on on Facebook for $350. So that I could have, we should have bought my Bluey vinyl with our, with our money that we're trying to turn into gold. That's an investment. We'll look into it. And uh, finally, Ben from South Australia. G'day to you. Okay, guys, how you going, all right? So good. good thanks, um, ben. Let us know uh, your story because you got in touch regarding uh, the fact that payphones are now free. Yeah, the payphones. Oh, mate, I tell you what, got a couple of freaky stories for you. <laughs> so, one afternoon, I was uh, waiting for my fish and chips, uh, as you do, with the wife, and the payphone started to ring. <gasps> I looked at the wife. The payphone rang near you. Mate, no joke. <laughs> it, it rang, and I looked, I looked at the wife, I'm like, she goes, I have to answer that. I'm like, no, you don't. It's a payphone. <laughs> and she goes, yes, it do. It's ringing. So I'm like, oh, uh, okay, then answer it. So she answered it. And this guy goes, who's this? And she goes, oh. and she goes no, who's this? Anyway, so they went back and forth, who's this? And he just hung up. <laughs> just as random. Anyway, <laughs> oh, it, was, oh, it was so random. So he wasn't from the CIA or anything. It yeah, was it just- wasn't for the... It is Wasn't a technician trying to figure out if the phone worked or something? That's okay. Oh, that is know, creepy. But, yeah, but what's even creepier was the next time I was I was in town somewhere, just walking down the street, walking past the payphone, started to ring. I'm like, what the hell was going on here? I did the old uh, 
Ahoy hoy. And, um, <laughs> and they said, that. how was that's... your fish and chips? No, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, it was worse. It was just dead silence. It <gasps> was freaky. I, I was on the phone for about 35 seconds, 40 seconds, and it was just like ambient. Like, it was freaky, man. Like I've even got goosebumps right now. I just placed it down on the thing and I walked away. <laughs> Wow! Everyone, there you be go. careful okay. with those. I've never heard one, and you've heard tw- you've heard it twice. I've heard two. And yeah, oh. that, and that's more than enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, lightning strikes twice for you, Ben. Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you later. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you, and thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. We very much appreciate your company. Hope things are going well, uh, no matter your status of lockdown. Hopefully you'll be able to hold on to the positives and we'll get through it together. Uh, big thank you as well to Helen Lay for joining us. Uh, Peter Ball, what a great story of it all, um, of the Olympics. It was really cool to see him and all the other champions uh, going about it, You know whether you finish on the podium or not. Such an honour to be there. Uh, and finally, thank you to the Listener Legal team for uh, approving the uh, Crumpunts script. I had one <laughs> that I'd written up earlier that uh, didn't pass the uh, the sniff test. Well, so, look. So that was your uh, your editor's cut. <laughs> How, however you decide to react to that, getting shut down by legal Alex Dyson, just don't do what Shut Up Kev did on Instagram, who uh, as part of their email blunders said, I sent my resume to my current boss. Oh, so no, we'll leave you no, with that. We'll leave you with that one. <laughs> we'll leave you with that. <laughs> Don't be telling your current boss by accident that you want a new job. Hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Listener.